Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The author of No Gym Required, Strong is the New Skinny, and Badass Body Goals, Jennifer Cohen continues to pave her own way in the incredibly competitive fitness industry. She is consistently featured in publications like People, Cosmo, and Women's Health, and is a regular contributor for Forbes magazine. She co-founded a fitness app that went to number one on the Apple app, created a line of wellness toning shoes, and even has her own set of DVD workout videos. And to add to this, she has a podcast, a very cool podcast called Habits and Hustle. Now, Habits and Hustle allows Jen to interview thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and pretty much overall really extraordinary people who sit down and show their insight about what have been their hidden aspects to their success and what has allowed them to succeed. So we are going to hit on all of these topics, plus so much more in this edition of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. So welcome to the show and joining us live from LA. I'm incredibly excited to have Jennifer Cohen on the show with us. Jennifer, it's so nice to see you. And hear so you. Nice to see you. Cause well, and, and hear me. Exactly. Yeah. Me too. It's we're been actually, a long time. I know. We're actually on Skype doing this, but it's always nice because I have heard your voice over the years. We have kept in touch because yeah. we actually met when you were a guest on my show on CTV Morning Live. Oh my gosh. That was forever ago. Yeah. We did. We met and we hit it off right like right at first glance. Uh, and um yeah, that was like what twelve years ago or so. I'm gonna say it's about it's about that time. You had just oh. really hit the pavement with no gym required. That's right. Does that right. sound? I had my shoes, and you had and yes, I had my shoes. So it was really interesting, as you said, because I've I've interviewed like thousands of people over my career in television, sure. and there have been certain people where I just have met them and immediately had said to myself, "Oh my god, we could be best friends." So I'm incredibly grateful that we have kept this friendship going, as we mentioned, like over 12 years, just kind of keeping tracks on what each other was doing and where we are in our lives. And I'm incredibly proud of you because you have really Thank taken. You your knowledge, your capacity for health, wellness to a totally different level. Did you actually foresee it becoming this big or that there would be this much of a falling for what you do? Um, I guess yes and no. So the reality is this, like my whole philosophy and what I kind of preach and practice is pretty much common sense and also realistic expectations. And I think that eventually after a while, like the, the fitness business has a lot of ebb and flow. And eventually it finds its level. And I think that's what's happened with all the fads out there and all the different trends. At the end of the day, people need to find things and do things that are realistic for themselves and that they can fit into their lifestyle. And so with every book, every product, everything I've ever really preached, it's been about having realistic expectations, having easy and simple, healthy, like easy and simple solutions to be healthier and fit with no gym required, with strong as a new skinny, with my hot five app. It's really given everybody just really simple ways to kind of just do a little bit to get a, like small wins equal like a big change, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, did I think it was going to be uh, this successful? Uh, no and yes at the same time. No, I, I, I hoped it. I, I hoped people would kind of like connect and kind of 
click to what what it is and I'm grateful and I'm happy that eventually it worked and it's still because now it's now that's become the trend I feel well I think okay you know what Jen though I mean we follow each other on Instagram and I think what's amazing what you've done is that when you talk about connecting I think you connect with so many people on so many different levels you know, you can do the workout that, you know, you've got the kids running upstairs and you've got a couple <laughs> minutes and you need to do something. Uh, right. And you've got that example. And then you've got, you know, your supermodel, you know, celebrity. Should I say clients? Cli- I- clientele. <laughs> clientele. Uh, that, you know, that are coming in and have just the most beautiful, stunning bodies. And, and, you know, they're trying to stay in shape to be able to walk the runway. And I think there's the appeal that you can have it at, at certain ages, and we are over a certain age, the two of us, that you can yes, still aspire to have health and wellness and to feel good and to look good and, and not to treat it like as we get older, we should, you know, oh, well, it's because we're getting older. We want to be able to extend our health and feel good. And you've kind of paved the way for that to happen as that's we age. So nice of, that's such a nice thing. And I take that as a big compliment. Thank you for saying that. Um, First of all, I think all, what you said was is very true. And I think living in a Mecca like Los Angeles, where uh, a lot of things are about, there's a lot of ages, like ageism here, about if you turn, if you hit a certain age, then you're basically done. Um, so you, you, you kind of get that more here than you would anywhere else in the world. Um, and I also think that it's interesting because I, I feel like as I got older, I was, I got more fit and I got better with age and I still feel inside like a 25 year old. And I'm sure you feel the same way too. Right. And, and the thing is, is that I see that in you and I think you see that in me. And even when we're doing things, I I still do. I don't, I, I'd say I'm more like 28. I, I, I give you 25. I give give you 28. You're right. 25 is maybe pushing it. I would say 28 to 30. I mean, we're both like what? I'm 43. You're what? 45? Oh, I'm going to be 44. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty oh, close. You're, oh, you're 43. I'm 43 you're right now. As we're taping this, I'm 43. Yes. Okay, fine. The, my point is that what I, what I believe and what I think is that age is really just a number. And if you are consistent with a lifestyle that you only can get better with age, just like a wine or a cheese for that matter, right? Uh, and I, I really think that it's about making small changes about kind of owning what age you are and then basically be get, getting to be that best version of yourself. I mean, I'm not preaching if you're, if you're 50, try to be 20, but what I'm saying is make, make it so you, you're consistent with whatever, whatever health or fitness, um, I, I guess, plan you're doing or whatever it's about consistency to kind of get results over time, long term. And that's what I've done. And the funny thing is a lot of my clientele or people I deal with are across the board. They're not all 40s. They're not all 50s. I cater to a very young clientele as well because it's also they see people as role models. Like, wow, if I do this, if I can, if I can kind of like adopt these um, these life changes or these healthy habits, so to speak, mm-hmm. at a younger age, that's what I they, it's an it's an aspiration inspiration thing that they can they too could be this way so I really try to be that as well I try to like I try to practice what I preach I and I and I try to do what I say and say what I do I'm gonna get back into how you got into this because I think your story is and kind of your own transformation is really quite brilliant but when you're named one of the hundred most influential people in health and fitness you've got there's a there's a responsibility that comes with mm-hmm. it and for me reading a book that says strong is the new skinny is the epitome of that because it's about 
women or people feeling strong and not necessarily always how we look. Absolutely. Well, I, first of all, that, that was very, that was very intentional. I always like to give people, I feel, I believe having a goal that's actually accessible and, um, realistic is much easier than something that's daunting. So what I, what I mean by that is everybody can be strong. If you work hard and have consistency and do the work, you could be strong or get stronger and stronger as you go. But not everybody could be skinny. Skinny to me is very much about genetics and it's not exactly what I consider to be attractive, right? But everyone can be strong. Everyone can work to a goal to be stronger. And like I said, not everyone can be skinny. So why not start from a place of positivity and why not start from a place of something that you can do? And that kind of feeling of, yes, I can, or yeah, that's possible, is much more uh, motivating at the end of the day than something that you kind of feel like you're never going to be able to attain. And my message in that also is that when you're stronger, when you feel mentally strong, you feel you can physically do more and vice versa. If you physically feel like you are getting stronger, it gives you more mental strength, more self-esteem, more confidence to kind of push so for me, fitness has always been a way to help people with goal setting, with discipline for other areas of their life. Like it's just like a microcosm in a way to, to everything else. The way how you, how you approach your fitness goals is how you're going to pro- approach your other personal and professional goals. And I, you know, I do a lot about talking about that a lot on mm-hmm. the speaking circuit that um, I do believe when people take their fitness somewhat seriously – it bleeds into all different areas of their life. Like I said, it teaches them like they can push past a certain boundary. They can, they can reach a different, they, they can push past what they thought they can do mentally or physically. They feel that confidence to, to, to do the same in any other area of their life. I think mindset has also become something that's much more prevalent in yes. what you're doing and what you're preaching. And even listening to some of the guests that you have on your own podcast, a lot of it comes down to mindset and shifts in behavior to yes. be able to kind of get the domino effect going for any transformation. Well, everything is about mindset to me. The fitness, like anything else, like my, my podcast is really about people's habit and hustle to be successful in every walk of life, Right. Um, and I guess, you know, not to sound so like Instagram hashtag, but leveling up their life, right? Because it's about building positive habits. And how do you build positive habits by, and how do you build positive habits? It's about changing your mindset and working on mentally, mentally strengthening your, your outlook, your, the way you think and what you say to yourself. And so, to me, that is really the crux of all of this. And that's why my podcast is about that. My column in Forbes is about that. Everything I really practice, it's really not about how to do a perfect squat. Because to me, it's not about a squat or a lunge. It's really about um, the behavior of no convincing yourself that you can do that. Because that, to me, is like the, the easy part. To do an actual exercise is the easy part. The hard part is cha- changing your behavior, changing your patterns, changing... Um, the way you think about certain things to make you propel and push towards those things. It's interesting. I think one of your podcasts was is his, was his name Brian Kane, the um, yeah, like the performance memory. coach, good right? Well, because yeah. as you, as you were talking about that, I remember listening to it, and his big thing was getting up and making your bed. Yeah, you know, That's as not, it's it's. No, I was going to say something, but go oh ahead. yeah, no, 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 go because it, it's such a simple thing to do, and yet for some, it's it changes and shifts the way they think and attack the day, and for others, I mean. 
I have yet to make my bed in the morning, but listening right, to right, it, right. I'm like, I get it. Like I, I really should be doing that. But what was, what was the thinking and what did you take from that? So first of all, I think, well, Brian wasn't the first to say that. He was just kind of saying that for himself as well. There's a whole book, mm-hmm. a New York Times bestseller called Make Your Bed, right? But it's about starting off your day with doing something productive and in a routine. And that's really what the message was. It's like, if you start off doing something that's, you know, part of like keeping, I, I think having your bed, making your bed, um, making your bed was about like productivity and starting off the day on the right foot. And I, and I, what we talked about and what I talk about tons is that having a, ve- having a morning routine is a very, very good way of starting with building your mindset, building a healthy mindset, an elite mindset. So the whole thing is about having an elite mindset versus an average mindset. And there's like little tricks into that of how to develop that. So if you don't have an elite mindset, so to speak, there's ways and tips and tricks to kind of get there. So it's possible for everybody. And like I said, having a routine in the morning to kind of put you on track and to kind of get you to, to be the best version, so to speak, of yourself is really what um, that was all about and what we talk about all the time. And what you'll notice is on, on all my guests um, that I have, because like I said, it's all about like the successful habits of very successful people. Everybody has a very specific and a very tight morning routine. Be it, be it med- if, they're medita- if they meditate, if they work out, they have certain things. There's like, there's, and I've noticed with Forbes, my Forbes column, when I, when I cover there and in my podcast, there's a, there's a through line. There's a through line with that. People, there's certain things that 99% of people do to get that success, to kind of keep them on track, to get them to that place. Okay, let me ask you, what's your morning routine then? My routine, and I'm very, very specific too. Like some people, depending on who you are, would look at me and be like, oh my God, she's like a crazy person. But for me, it like, it basically like, it, it, it grounds me and makes me feel like, okay, I did that, get that checked off the, the list. So uh, hydration. So I'm not a person who loves to drink water. I don't love the taste of water. So I had to figure out little hacks to make myself drink more water. So every morning before I get out of bed, oh, sorry, every morning before I go get out of bed and then go downstairs to make breakfast for my kids or for myself, I... I will not let myself leave my room until I drink one glass of room temperature water. So I always will have a glass of room temperature water by my bed in the morning. I chug that every morning. Then I go downstairs and before I do anything else, I have another glass of water. So that, that way I know I'm already down for two glasses of water. So that way I'm getting my hydration in. So I already, I built that into my day, right? So with everybody, everybody has like things in, everyone has things about them that they're, that there's like their Achilles heel or things that they're not great at. So having that self-awareness of knowing where you can improve in simple ways and then acting on that stuff is, is imperative. So for me, it's that. So then after that, I have the same breakfast every single day. I've had the same breakfast for 20 something years, which was, which are, um, I have egg whites with two yolks mixed, you know, basically scrambled with eggs. So I have a very specific breakfast. Now, why do I do that? Because I don't want to think about something that takes up space in my brain. So the more you can put on autopilot, so you don't have to like worry yourself about what am I going to eat? How many calories is it? Am I going to overeat for breakfast? And then I'm going to feel guilty the rest of the day. Take that and eliminate that from your brain. 
So for me, because I love food so much and I, and that would be an ism for me, I make sure that I have the same breakfast every day. And that, that way it starts me off right. I feel healthy. I feel I did something good for my body. I ate protein. I had my, I, I had my water, blah, 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 blah. I make my kids my, their lunches for the day. And then I'm, I make sure that I do some kind of exercise before I even take a meeting or get my day going. That to me is very important. I don't care if it's 10 minutes. I don't care if it's 30 minutes. I have to, I have to move and I have to sweat. So will you do, that, that, will you do that in the house then? Yeah, I would listen, depending on what I have scheduled. Mm-hmm. But I won't schedule anything until I know that I've done that. So I'm with if that I too. Have, yeah. So if I have an early morning meeting or I have an early client or something like that, I will know that and I will wake up an hour early to get that done because I know myself and I know I won't be as good. I won't be as, as on point. I won't be as sharp until I know I get those certain things taken, like checked off the list. So I will sweat and I, like I prefer to do at least 30 minutes, but if I get, if I only can do 20 minutes, I'm okay with that, but I have to sweat and I have to like, I have to get those things done. There was so, a reason why we were why we hit it off like the minute we met each other. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm listening to myself. And no, it's true though. But you know what's really funny? It's like like minded, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's we we got along really well because we're very similar, and that's what I feel happened. I feel like you know you end up gravitating to people that a are similar to you, right? Because they say you're the you are the combination of the people, the five people mm-hmm. that are around you the most, right? So. A, we're not around each other the most, but I bet you if we were, we, if we lived closer in proximity, we'd probably hang out a lot because we water finds its level, right? So I'm not surprised to hear that you do the same oh, thing. No, I'm the same, you know, and, I, and I'll think ahead to the day. I'm like, okay, so if my meeting's at this time, then I need to get the workout done before, you know, and so Absolutely. I got to go earlier. I, I think about that, like when I'm planning my day, it's like, when in this day am I going to get that workout in so that I feel like I'm productive and mentally sane? I, for me, it's my, I feel the endorphin release and everyone's me like, too. how do you do it? And I'm like, because I love the endorphin release that I get when I know I'm about to work out or after a workout. I just know for me, it's, it's a chemical thing. I, I, I just function so it, much better having had the endorphin release uh, from absolutely. a workout. Now, were you, and, and by, yeah. And also I was going to say, you know, the, the, the connection between, exercise and cognitive ability, there's been plenty of research on this, that your your cognitively, your brain functions at like what, I think like 400% or something like that better when you exercise. So if I know I'm going to go into the day and I have meetings and I have to deal with people and I have to be sharp and on point, why would I not allow myself that ability? Why would I, I would, I want to put my best foot forward for myself, for other people. I'm a better mom. I'm a better business person. I'm a better wife when I actually do this. So why would I compromise that? It doesn't make any sense to me. You're usually to do most of your ideas come to you sometimes when you're in a run or in a workout. I find my best ideas come when I'm at the gym. A hundred percent. When I don't work out, when I don't work out, I, I feel sluggish. I feel like I'm not as like sharp. Does your husband you know? call you a B-I-T-C-H if you don't work out? Oh, I am. Yeah, see? Oh, well, yeah, everyone does. <laughs> not exact... just him. I mean, yeah. it's, like a, it's like a known thing. Yeah. So, absolutely. We are the same person, so, Jen. We well, are the same. I, okay. I, I think that yeah. that's, I'm okay with that. Nah, absolutely. Okay. I want to take yeah. it back a little bit because I want to, I want people to understand how one gets to 
this place because you've interviewed so many people on the podcast, you know, talking about what was their success and how they did it. And I know in the podcast, you always have this Keanu moment, right? As to what it was or what, you know, shifted or changed something. So I want to bring people back because I haven't mentioned actually that you're Canadian, which is Yes. Why why we even have even more of a connection. And, and by the way, I was born in Ottawa, but whatever. Yeah, that's I see I didn't know that part. Of, you did it? I was born in Ottawa and then I moved to Winnipeg and then Toronto. But yeah. Okay. See, Canadians are gonna love you. So <laughs> you were you always active, healthy, athletic? Like what was the background? Um no, I mean I wasn't, I wasn't. I guess I was to some extent, but the reality was I was a big I loved food and I needed to find a way to kind of balance out my love for food um with something else or else I would have literally been like 600 pounds. I mean, that's really the reality of it. Like I I everything with me, everything in my family life was all about socializing around food. We're Jewish, you, you know, like, you know, everything was like, oh, blah 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 blah, let's go, let's let's eat and then you eat copious amounts of food. So I'm conditioned that way already. So that's kind of how it really kind of started with me. I I thought, okay, you know, and then what happened also was I noticed I wasn't, you know, I, I felt like as I started to do it, I found myself getting more self-confident about myself. I found that I was a little bit more uh, secure and self-assured. And I feel like fitness kind of helped transform me a little bit, you know, from like being like this, like, um, you know, a little, you know, like an average girl, like whatever, going to, you know, doing whatever I was doing to really feeling like I've, I, I grew within myself, actualized more because I started to get a lot more, like I said, secure and confident because I felt like I was getting stronger. I felt like I was, like I said earlier, pushing through, I was goal setting and I was pushing through those goals. So it kind of, it kind of like propelled itself in a way, in a positive way. And that's why I'm a real, I'm a big proponent of this. And that's why I think it's really important for people at a, at a younger age to start finding finding their finding fitness in some way I don't care what it is if it's a if it's a sport if it's dancing if it's just exercise but but doing something because the other attributes the other things that the the other positive things that happen from it are just incredible you became more confident confident enough to be able to walk up to an a-list celebrity and say I need your help was that the Keanu Keanu Reeves where were you what happened so, oh my gosh, so when I was 19, was it 19, I, I, around 19, I had this idea in my head that I wanted to be, and it's funny, I'm telling this story to you, you'll understand because of the Canadian, I wanted to be a much music VJ at the time. And, you know, it was very competitive and, you know, that was the job to have. And I thought, hmm, how am I going to get myself noticed as an, in an audition or to even be even potentially even uh, considered? So I thought to myself, huh, if I got an audition tape that was really eye-catching, like having someone like Keanu Reeves on it, that would put that would make me stand out more. And so Keanu was, uh, coincidentally, he was performing in Hamlet right after Speed in, in Winnipeg. And I just got this harebrained idea to basically stand outside of the theater, wait for him, and basically ask him to help me out which, you know, everyone laughed at me for and thought that was ridiculous and blah, 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 and it would never happen. And I didn't really listen to anybody at that time. I did it. I stood out there for two hours in the cold. He came out. 
Um, everybody was like crowding around him. And I just basically like weaseled my way to right to him. And I tapped him on the shoulder. And, you know, he said to me, yeah, if you want an autograph, you should wait in line. And I said, well, I'm, I don't want an autograph. That's not going to really help me out much. But, you know, what would help me is if you can help me audition for this job I want by letting me interview you. And he was like perplexed. And I said, I'm serious. Your autograph doesn't do anything for me. So he was so confused. He just told me to give me give him his my number. So I wrote my number on a piece of um, on a gum wrapper that some girl had with eyeliner or something. Gave it to him. I went back to school. Everyone laughed at me. Ah, you're so ridiculous. And then two or three days later, he actually called me, and uh, to, to everyone's you know complete surprise. And At I 19, up, what do you do when your phone rings and it's like, hi, is Jen there? It's Keanu Reeves. Well, ask my mom. My mom answered. At the time, people had like answering machines. You we know still had I mean? phones like, that were in their kitchen that were attached to right, the wall. Exactly, yeah. right? And on top of that, not only that, like we had those voice, those like answering machines. You got to leave a message. My mom answered the phone and, and my mom was like, He's like, hi, is and it was on because you know my mom answered. I had my own line. Yeah, I was living at home. You know, your yep. parents have a line. Yes. You have a line. But my mother answered my line because it was ringing so much, and so she's it was, she answered it right on the last ring. Uh, she's like, hello, and he's like, um, hello, is Jennifer there? And, and my mom's like, no, she's at school. Who is this? And he said, who? He's like, oh, it's Keanu. And she's like, Keanu, who? Call back and leave a message. And like she like hung up on him. <laughs> And then, like, he left a mess. Like, he called back, left a message. And I called him back, like, freaking, like, going crazy, hysterical. And next thing you know, like, you know, uh, I, I picked by him up in my mom's Cutlass Supreme. And we went back to my house. And, like, two days later, and I interviewed him for, like, three hours with, like, very amateur, with, like, all my friends, like, on their, you know, on their little camcorders. And we edited it together. And yeah, it was like a crazy experience. And that kind of really helped build my confidence further, right? So it actually just showed me that, you know, anything is possible. You have to give it, you got, you got to like, you got to like give anything a shot. If you just try, you never know. The worst that can happen is someone says no, but have some kind of tenacity in the world uh, because that's when things really do like that. Those are the, those are the moments that actually define who you are and take you on a different path. Because if that's, regardless of what happened with the story, like, you know, did I get the job? No, but I became runner up, by the way, for much music. I, someone, I lost it out to another girl. But what it showed me was that, you know, your life could take on a whole different traje- trajectory by taking a chance. And from that moment on, I never ever let no, or that's hard or that's impossible stand in my way even if as many doors I've had shut on me and believe me I've had many a doors shut on me I don't let that deter me I'll find a window to get in I'll you know dig a tunnel but I I really I feel like any if if it can happen to that Joe Blow Mm -hmm. it can happen to me so why not even give it a chance and that's what happened I I love the story and I think I love the fact that you asked that story to all of the guests that you have right like what because everyone's going to have their own Keanu moment have you been surprised by other people's um or or do you find let me ask you this or do you find that everyone has one I feel like I think either people haven't some of people haven't had theirs yet 
but I feel like everyone has a moment in their life where that like that like a pivotal moment where it changed the way they thought to or or did something where they they became successful or that that in, in any way it doesn't have to be monetary financially but like you know they've had that I you know, let's say Oprah calls it that aha moment. I call it my Keanu moment mm-hmm. because it was that it was in that moment that I re- recognized and realized how what what you could do to kind of get you know to kind of move move forward. And I think everyone has them. It's depending on if you noticed or if you recognize that's your moment. If you were aware of it at the time. At, if you're aware of it at the time. So, yeah, exactly. And you've had it, and I know how you were talking about how you've, you know, knocked on doors and had a ton close on you, and then you decided to sometimes have to dig a tunnel. I want to fast forward a little bit because I find this story, and as we get back into health, wellness, and and, and kind of what allows people to, to live better lives, you know, you were back working in the music industry, but then left and became a, a trainer. Like there was an interest in personal training and getting yourself um, – you, yeah. So you, let me, let me, yeah. You do it because, because it comes back, right? Like it goes yeah, from, yeah, you, yeah. you go in a full circle. So I'll I let, I'll let you do it quickly. So, yeah. So I, when I moved to Toronto initially after Winnipeg, I got my first, I, I went to get my back, I got my bachelor's in Winnipeg, moved to Toronto. My first job, and this is apropos right now for, so that's why I'm mm-hmm. mentioning it. My first job was with the Toronto Raptors. That was my <sighs> first job. My first How proud are you right now? Co- yeah. Right. Um, so like that to me was my first corporate job, you know, not working at a restaurant as a waiter or waitress or, you know, selling, I used to sell like party goods at a party store or orange Julius or whatever the hell I was doing. Right. Um, that was my first job. And by the way, the way I got that job was very similar to how I got the whole Keanu Reeves thing. I didn't take no for an answer. They didn't want to hire me. So after that, uh, Toronto Raptors job, um, I actually decided to go back to school to get my business degree. And um, what happened was I did so well at the Raptors, they were going to hold the job for me. Um, again, it goes to show you that they didn't want, I, I believed in myself when they didn't believe in me and I ended up crushing the job. And I went back thinking I was going to go back to the Raptors. And then when I was in the, in the, in the program, um, I got a job offer to work for a record label for BMG Music, um, and, which I loved. And when I did that, that became like, again, I was doing the same stuff. Um, I was doing marketing. And when I moved to L.A., I actually got a job in L.A. for Sony Music for another um, record label called Immortal, which was part of Sony. And I was I was on it. I was on a fast track. I was doing very, very well. I was making a lot of money. I was living the life. I was in L.A. and in Santa Monica, biking to work every day. And then the music took a turn and the music world took a turn. And that's when, you know, iPods and, I, you know, the whole the whole Apple became right. iTunes. Like when right? HMV so every, started to be on the down or Tower exactly, Records was on the down HMV spiral. Tower mm-hmm. Records, you got it. You got it. You got it. Um, but at the, jo- at the job I was at, it was much more um, about talent and marketing the talent, blah, blah, blah. Now, I could have stayed at the job. It was taking a turn, but it was, it was still, it was about, they wanted now to shift me to do marketing uh, online for these bands versus uh, marketing um, like, like street level, you know, like mm-hmm. street marketing, right? Um, and our, and uh, kind of more like artist relations. And I was like, you know, I don't really love the whole technology thing. Yeah, you can understand that. <laughs> we right? had that chat prior to this yeah, podcast. Yes. 
So I'm like, you know what? I'm young. I live, I'm living in LA. I'm going to take a chance. I quit my job. And I'm like, I always loved fitness. But the problem was now I'm living in LA. I'm on a working visa because I'm not technically allowed to work for anything but where I was got my visa because they sponsored me. Because mm-hmm. when you move from Canada to the US, obviously right. you have to have a working visa. You can't just like show up here. So I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do now? I always loved health. I loved fitness. Um, so I decided to become, I decided to go back and, and get like my, tr- my first training certification. And so when I did that, I'm like, okay, now what, you know? So what I did was after I got my first, you know, training certification, instead of working at a gym where I didn't technically even have, I wasn't legal, right? I went back to the record labels that I had relationships with and kind of repositioned my position. So I knew in the record world how marketing budgets work, how the corporate structure works, who had the budget where and how talent was. So I kind of just created my own position for myself, went to the head of one of the first labels was MCA um, Records. And I basically made myself a label trainer. So I, I basically pitched myself as, hey, you know what? I know these, I know how to work with talent. I know how the money works. Put me on retainer and I will train all your talent before they go do a music video or before they go on tour. And that's really how I kind of like created my business. So I got one label and I started working with them and, you know, thankfully and fortunately it went well. And I'm getting paid now if the talent shows up or not because I'm making a monthly retainer versus having a cap where if you're a regular trainer at a gym, mm-hmm. you make a certain amount of money and then you're capped. So this way, I know how much I, I, I'm not capped. So uh, that's how I really started. So I had one, one, la- one label and then because my reputation was good, I was recommended and referred and I got two labels, three labels, and I kind of started building a business around that. And that's really how mm-hmm. I, I was like became a trainer. And then from there, okay, wait, wait, I are had, there, am oh, I going to go look back on music videos and look at some of these artists and go, ah, oh, that was Jen's work right there for that. Yeah, uh, you yeah. probably will. I mean, I, I, the ones I only did were like the young girls. That was really my forte was the young girls. So, um, yeah, I wasn't doing like usher, but, uh, I had a lot of young talent and, uh, I really enjoyed working with the young girls and I, because it was twofold. It wasn't, I was just a trainer, but it was important for when you sign, it's a little tidbit of information for you. When you're signing young talent to a label or anything, you have to get their parents to okay everything. Everything goes through the parents as well. Then that would teach the girls, not just about exercise, but like body image, taking care of themselves, having confidence, because it was more than just about having abs, you know, like, and, um, so that's why the role for me, I, I really, I really took it on and I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I just started, I built my business based around that. It built, yeah. you started to write, you then had. Well, I, I, I wrote later. I mean, that's when I, I believe I met you before that. Um, no, after that. I right? was after that because I, I already, you yeah. already had no gym required, was already. Right. So I, so that, right. So after all of that, I had a bunch of different, um, partnerships with different like um different fitness and uh health stuff then i moved back to canada for a few years and built no gym required there 
that's really what I, and so because I had, I, I, I was the spokesperson or I was the face of Lacenza Spirit. Do you guys still have that We there? do. Yeah. Lacenza still up. At, well, I'm not sure Lacenza Spirit, but Lacenza is still going strong. I think really? I'm wearing a Lacenza bra right now. Let me, yep. Yep. I'm you wearing are? Lacenza okay, well, right I, now. So I did a lot of work with them. Um, and this is a good story. I did a lot of work with them on the, on the fitness side. Lacenza Spirit was like uh, the fitness clothing for them. But on the posters or where I was doing my stuff, I had my name. Uh, auto, like I, I basically printed, uh, wrote up my name on the on the big billboards out, and it just by coincidence was a billboard was right in front of my, a publishing house that w- they would go to work every day, and the head of the publishing company would see my picture with my my autograph um, on the picture. So he was like, hmm, Jennifer Cohen, Jennifer Cohen, Jennifer. He saw all the time. So when I pitched my book to this publishing company, they bought it based on the fact that it had such name recognition because they saw it all the time. And that's when I had no, that's when I started. Based on a billboard of a picture of you doing with Lysenza. Oh my God. You've had a really good domino effect of good karma. Am I allowed to say that? But you can say that, but I don't think it's true. I think that, I shouldn't say no, I have not. I would say that. For every success, I've had a mm-hmm. hundred failures. So, like people tend to focus on the success, and I understand why. But every nothing has been like a cakewalk. It wasn't like I just walked into like luck. I feel like what's it's op- I created most of the opportunity because I was such a you know I was such a driven. I still am like an animal in a way, where I created all my own successes. I don't feel like I was. No one ever like handed me something. It wasn't like, oh, just that. Like when I was doing my contract, I was very, very specific that I wanted to have my name on those posters because I, if, unless I did that, I would be like every other Yahoo, right? Who just like does work and they don't get recognized for it. So I was, a, I, I was a little thoughtful. I'm like, okay, how do I make sure that that, that can stand out a little bit? And so that's when I thought about having my name on it. Mm-hmm. And then you know, believe me, I asked, I went through a lot of publishers and, you know, I had a lot of rejections too. Just when I hit that one, he was like, ah, yeah, actually absolutely. I saw your name, you know? What do you want people to take from no gym required? Because I use the hashtag no gym required all the time when I'm doing home workouts. But do you, do you believe that, that people can attain, uh, being fit and feeling healthy without having to, you know, purchase or invest in gym memberships? Absolutely. In fact, actually, I think a lot of times you could be even healthier. You could be more fit because the time it takes people to go to the gym, park their car, you know, go on the, you know, workout, come home, all that time, that extra time spent going and coming and parking, you could be actually exercising and working out. So I, I feel like it's, it's absolutely, you could, you can be just as, you could be just as fit. And it's about, a, again, it's all about the mindset. It's about getting into a habit, getting into a ritual. You know, I love the gym. I'm never going to say I don't like the gym. But, I mean, if you don't have access, if you don't like it, if you can't afford it, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. And that's my whole, my, that's why with no, no gym required, it's all about giving people, it's the anytime, anywhere, no excuses mentality, right? You can, you can be just as fit at home. You can, there's a million workouts. You don't even have to use my workouts in the books 
or whatever. You could just go on YouTube. Uh, today, it's very different. There's free stuff Absolutely. everywhere. Uh, you can go there's, on Instagram. I mean, there's a thousand workouts for you. Okay, then what would you say would be your top – if you have no gym, right, and you're going into your basement and you're leaving the kids screaming upstairs or doing whatever, <laughs> what would be the five things that you would suggest people invest in to have to be able to use in their basement or in their garage or wherever it is they're going to do it? What would you say? Okay, great question. Okay, number one, I love having just a few size dumbbells. You have like a five pair, a five pound, ten pound, fifteen pound. So you can do a lot of just stuff like that. You can have, and you can do almost everything. You can do squats, lunges, push-ups, rows, blah blah blah. There's a million things you mm-hmm. can do: bicep curls, um, overhead rows. Okay, that's one. Do, does that count as one or three? No, that counts as one. Okay, I also love having sliders or you can use towels right Mm -hmm. to kind of do a lot of different movements you can do a lot of core work with that you can do a lot of like lateral movements a lot of stability work and that's again almost it could be either free by using two towels or you could use i'm going to mention yes so i say sliders towels on hardwood and if you have carpet use uh plastic uh plates or frisbees. Absolutely. Those yeah, will work on a, on a carpet. So that's, I always tell people that, right? On the two different yeah, surfaces, you can find something that'll slide. And you know this stuff because you do all your little mm-hmm. workouts on your Instagram constantly and you're a big fitness person. So you, you get that. Um, I also love bands. I love the band that you could put around your ankles and do walkouts for your outer thighs. You can do a lot of different movements with those. So those bands that you put, um, there's two different bands. You can use those bands um, for your lower body, you can also grab a couple of um, regular uh, resistant bands, not regular resistant, you know, ones with the handlebars mm-hmm. in it and do a lot of upper body work with those as well. Um, and what else would I use? I, basically, Do you like a ball, uh, an exercise I, ball, I, a BOSU ball? I, I mean, listen, I have, I have those. I have all of them. I have a BOSU ball. I have an exercise ball. I also have medicine balls. But I do like I do like the medicine balls, but it's not the, it's not necessary. You can do just as much with those sliders and those and those um, those bands and with weights. I'd rather invest in another size of weights because as you get stronger, you can mm-hmm. increase the weight. So that's where you would that's say the investment. Say. The investment, if you have one, is to invest on saving for additional weights. I additional weight so. on the weights. Okay, I like that. Well, listen. I mean, you can say, I mean, I can say here, oh, go buy a BOSU ball. I love the BOSU ball because it's, you can challenge yourself with stability and other stuff and you can do a lot of different stuff with it. But reality is like, ideally, if you get into the habit and do it consistently, you you are going to get stronger. And I do believe in challenging yourself. So like go from going five, 10, 15 and get a pair of 20 pound weights, Mm -hmm. use that investment on that because you could be much more creative with 20 pounds. You can do a lot of other work with those weights. Like you can do a lot of Russian twists for your obliques. There's a lot, there's lots of stuff you can do. How often do you change up your workouts? And I think, or even the workouts for your clients, right? There's muscle memory. And so how often are you changing or shocking your own system? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, like everything, I'm going to be honest, you know, when you're busy and, you know, you have to like, just, you know, have to like get it in a lot of times you go back to what you're comfortable with, right. And what you're good at. Right. So you do the same things, but I would say I I try to change things up by doing a couple different things. I try to change not just the exercise I'm doing, but I try to change the length of time I'm doing the exercise. So don't always do 10 reps of something or 12 reps of something, right? Change the amount. So if you're going to be doing, let's say, a squat, don't just always do three sets of 10. 
change, like do like two sets of 30 and push yourself that way. I'm just making that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so changing the amount of time, okay, that you're doing something, the amount of reps that you're doing something. Um, and the that's basically how you can also tweak it and change it and change the amount of weight. So like if you're, if you're going to go heavy, then maybe one go heavy one day with lower reps. And then another day go a lot, a lot, tons of reps, but low weight. So your body never really knows what you're doing. So you can still be creative and give yourself muscle, muscle confusion by doing the same basic exercises by changing other variables. What do you th- what would you say are the critical factors why people give up when people just say, I've tried it, it doesn't work, I'm not doing this? Why do people fail? What do I think the, the reasons are? Yes. They don't see themselves. They don't see any, they don't, they don't see their results and they don't, they don't see progression. The, mo- the best motivating factor in continuing with any program is seeing yourself progress and seeing an actual result. So what I say to people all the time is that's why it's super important to journal everything. Because if you don't journal things, sometimes you, ha- you don't see your progress in real time because you just don't realize and recognize it. But if you, if you write things down, and see how you actually progress from day one to day 20 or day 10, I think you'd be very surprised. But wouldn't you say that most people only look at success or progression They're, by the way that they look, the way absolutely. that their clothes feel, the way, you know, I don't that, ever get on a scale. I don't even own one, but I think a lot of people still put pressure on themselves as to what the, the number says on the scale. Yeah, that's absolutely true too. So um, then that happens. And I think that the, what you have to re- realize is that it, it happens at different times. Like there's a book out there called atomic habits. And it's a, I like, love it because things happen very, sometimes things happen in that 1% and that like the point is that sometimes you may not see that, that, that result or see your weight change. Um, instantaneously, or even in the time when you feel you're working really hard and then one day, boom, you see it. You feel like nothing's happening. And then one day, it's like when an ice cube is there, and then all of a sudden it's melted. Like you know, like it's, it's not moving. It's not changed. It's not changed. And then all of a sudden it melts. I think that you have to kind of. It's more about about your brain. Again, it's all about your mindset. It's about like convincing yourself to stay with something, to be consistent, because consistency wins every time. Consistency wins over intensity every time. So even if you do just a little bit every day. I promise you, you are going to have results, but you can't give up because typically people give up right before they get that result, like just that little, because they couldn't, they can't take it anymore. So if you could just like to push yourself to kind of stay with it, I think that it would be surprising to most people what happens. And I only have you for a couple more minutes. So I want to hit on, you know, we've talked on the physical aspect and the mindset, but a lot of it comes down to what we nourish and put in our bodies and food. And so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm assuming that most of the work that you're doing with with the clients that you do have, no matter what you're doing with them in the gym, the massive changes are going to come with what they're eating. Well, yeah. I mean, the reality is like 80% of it is diet. So if, and that's why I say journaling is very important too, right? Because then you're actually physically seeing or you're visually seeing what you're doing and what you're not doing because paper doesn't lie unless you're lying to yourself and not writing it down. But the reality is what you eat is what will get you, what will that, that, that's what gets you the results. Fit, working out 
helps tone and helps with the mindset and the endorphin rush and everything else. But it's very important to be very diligent of what you're eating. And you should be eating 80% of the time very clean and give yourself a little bit of a grace period 20% of the time. But what you eat is what's going to change your body. What are your top five favorite things to eat? Oh, God. Um, I, I'm a, see. I already know you have your, your two eggs and then your egg yolk in the morning. You I have, ways, yeah. no, not, I've got more. I have like three, I have like five eggs, by the way, but six eggs. Um, I think I love salmon. I think because I love fat. I don't think fat makes you fat. I think sugar makes you fat, first of all. Um, I love salmon. I love fruit probably too much if I kind of cut down the fruit a little bit it'd be better but I love fruit um I love salmon I love asparagus and red peppers um I love spaghetti squash um I love chicken um as you can tell I'm not a vegan no, you got your meat. Well, you, and, and we know that you love salmon because you've probably said it like four times. So I'm like, you really <laughs> definitely love your salmon. Um, okay. And what would be your indulgence? Oh, I love French fries and pizza. That's and you allow yourself, do you enjoy, salt. like you allow it. It's, there's permission for what you to be that? able to, you, like there's permission for it, right? Oh. Like enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, um, it's really, impo- I, I, yeah, I think it's important to kind of give yourself like a break. You can't be, you can't be perfect all the time. And with me anyway, like, um, I give myself a little bit of leeway just because the truth is when I'm so clean, your body gets really used to that too. You got to confuse your body a little bit with food as well. Oh, I like that. I'm going to confuse my body by having that chips and dip that I love. For me, it's chips and dip. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. Okay. And I'm really, I want people to be able to go and listen to some of the podcasts that you have for, um, habits and hustle. Uh, Dennis Rodman's been on there. You've had some really amazing guests. Have, what have you learned the most from your guests? You know what? I've learned, I learned that um, with everybody, it's really about putting in the work. Like, I don't think I've really had anybody come on and be like, yeah, it just happened for me. Like, in any way, anything, fitness-wise, business-wise, whatever. What I've learned is that people who get results put in the hours and put in the time period. Um, that's number one. I also, I would also have learned is people all have a very specific routine. Like I told you, um, I kind of was mentioning that like, none of this is rocket science at the end of the day. It's not that anyone is necessarily smarter than the other person or, uh, gifted in one way or another or more talented. It really is about like what people don't find so sexy is the fact is like, you gotta like, put in the work, put in the consistency, have like, have have like parameters for you to be successful, no matter what your parameters are, like know your, know your blind spots and then fill them in with other ways to kind of like some, to make you not derail yourself, have people around you who help you in the areas that you are not so great at, like kind of like, I guess at the end of the day, have enough self-awareness and be realistic with who you are to then become successful in any area you can. So if you don't love working out, find an accountability partner, find a workout buddy. You know, if you're not good with the computer and technology, find somebody who's really great with that and make them your partner. You know, balance out your weaknesses, I guess is my point. I could talk to you forever. 
Except that I'm looking at the clock going, she has got to get into an important lunch in a couple of minutes. So uh, in how to be able to kind of round this up, I want people to be able to, um, this still still out there. And I still, I I think your book is actually still on my bookcase in my bedroom, but there's the no (laughs) gym required. I love the concept of strong as the new skinny and the badass body goals uh, is the the journal. That journal is is currently out. You've had, um, am I allowed to say like there's been a number of celebrities models yeah no uh, a lot you know. of people who like yeah a lot of celebrities i know you're gonna say ariana so you can go ahead but. am i allowed to say because i saw like i was like watching something and i'm like ariana grande is sitting there with you talking about your book or talking about the exercises or something and i'm like i texted you i'm like so what's going on <laughs> i know right i have a lot of girl. i mean a lot of um uh, yeah a lot of celebrity girls use my stuff and um i train with them still depending on what i'm working on but like on a, but yeah, because the truth of the matter is it gets results. And at the end of the day, people want results. Mm-hmm. And I try to program everything I do to be the most effective in the least amount of time. So how are you going to get the biggest bang for your buck? It doesn't matter if you're a celebrity, if you're famous, or if you're a housewife. It doesn't matter who you are. Results are the same if you do the work. And people don't have a lot of time, no matter who you are. And so what can I do in the least amount of time? And with badass body goals, you don't need equipment, much equipment. You have just the basics that, that we talked band. about that, yep. and the bands and like a couple of free weights and you're really good to go. And you can journal all your, all your, there's pictures and, and ways mm-hmm. to show you how to do it. And like you could journal yourself and you see yourself getting bigger fat, like not bigger, I should say faster, stronger and see, see the progression as you go. And that's really want, you want people to feel that that joy mm-hmm. of feeling like they're stronger, they can do more, they're going to live longer, they're going to be healthier, their mindset is Absolutely. in the right place. Where can people go for more information uh, on you or on the podcast? Oh, okay. Well, they can go to The Real Jen Cohen um, on Instagram. Um, I believe I'm on Facebook, but I'm not really active on it, to be honest. They can go to Habits and Hustle, uh, the website. Oh, I think it's called Habits and Hustle Podcast. podcast. Um, and they can go to iTunes or Spotify. I'm, my, my podcast, Habits and Hustle, is on a lot of different platforms. So like I said, iTunes, Spotify, Stitched, I think, too. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with all of those as I have embraced this new world. Do you like podcasting? Like, <laughs> do you enjoy that part, like being on I the do. other That's side? I do. That's actually such fascinating, excellent people that are giving me so much information. They're, help, they're giving me practical takeaways for, mm-hmm. for my listeners to actually implement in their life. They're not just talking in this like, yeah, like la la, like dream world. They're like, do this, do that, do this, don't do this. And like people can actually implement it. And what I do on my podcast is from every podcast, whoever comes on, I create a PDF of all the information that that person's talking about. And then it's downloadable for all my listeners. So it's not oh, just I a passive listening situation. Yes. That's brilliant. And, like, they can, and then they actually have something to take home with them or like, you know, download where they have the information in front of them. Because in, in today's time, everybody is so busy that they have to listen and then they don't remember what they've even listened to. That's brilliant. I love yeah. that idea. I might steal that from you. I really do. Oh, I may. No. Ness might be quite unhappy with that, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, no, it's just, it's a smart idea be, it, because it's true. You people, they think they've listened to the information. They're like, oh, I want to remember that. And then, you know, they finish their car ride, they go do their work, they come back and they've forgotten what it was that exactly that you said. So I love that idea behind it. Um, and it's true because as you said that what you've learned from the people on your podcast, I feel like I've had that from the 20 years of interviewing people on TV, right? right. I, feel, I feel like I've lived the life I have because I've had the information from the guests and Absolutely. the trainers and people, me, me, like, people like you that I met that gave me ideas and and 
I think that's why I've had so much information to work with my whole life is because I've had the chance to interview the people. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's been so nice to chat with you on this level. I've got to get my uh, myself out to LA. We need to hang out. I hope so. Yes. Please do, Leanne. It's been way too I long know. to see you in person. I know. And we can work out. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I'm like, we'll go. I'll work out. We'll work out together and then we'll go drink wine. It'll be perfect. That, that sounds perfect. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Jen, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. I know, as you said, there's been a hundred failures to each of the successes, but it's been great to see the growth. And I love seeing when you have new books and new clients and new things coming out that, uh, that you're really making a mark. And I think people really appreciate the information that you're sharing. Thank you, Leanne. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on your show. Awesome. Jen, have a great day. And thanks uh, to everyone who uh, listened to yet another episode of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Have a great day. I'm just going to press this. Yep. Oh, my God. Thank you. I was like, thank I was you. looking at the clock and I'm like, shit, she's got to get her lunch. You've got 12, no, no, you have 12 minutes good. to get there. No, no, you know, I, I love it. You're, you're great. You should actually do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.